The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so. No one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, and they should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will, be, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you. Amen. Good morning. I turned 41 last week. Woohoo! Yeah. A little bit harder than I thought it would be. My wife, children, family, and friends were all very kind. Thank you for all the wonderful cards and well wishes. Why is getting older hard? I know at least one person who says that they love getting older. I guess it's better than the alternative. You only have so much time. And at a birthday, one thinks of the things they'd like to accomplish but maybe haven't yet. And that's hard. I suppose what we should do is be thankful for all the blessings we have in our life. I recently read a book called Metaphysical Animals. It's quite good. It's about four women philosophers who study at Oxford during World War II. 
One of the women, Elizabeth Anscombe, studied in Cambridge under Ludwig Wittgenstein. Apparently, he was a tortured soul, and his brilliance was terrifying. Ms. Anscombe translated his work, Philosophical Investigations, into English from German. I listened to that audiobook too while I was reading Metaphysical Animals. That was a hard book to absorb. But the main idea that Wittgenstein argues is that language is both capable and insufficient. Through hundreds of examples, he demonstrates how language can effectively communicate ideas. In other words, you can trust language, but it's also fluid. And so no matter what you say, someone can always get a different meaning out of it. This ends up leading Wittgenstein to confess that there must be a reality beyond which language can fully describe. So it makes them sort of platonic. However, language can't be boiled down to uncontested logical syllogisms. It's playful. Wittgenstein talks about language games more than formal systems. So playfulness, if you can play and joke around, that is the epitome of intelligence. That's why people think I'm so smart, I guess. Ha, 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 ha. The thing about Wittgenstein is that he died at a relatively young age. Like many of his contemporaries, he was a chain smoker. He died of cancer and he suffered physically at the end of his life. Ironically, as he grew closer to death, he became more relaxed and less anguished. And in the final seconds of his life, he said that he had a good life. That surprised many people because he had endured so much suffering, being a displaced refugee during World War II, among many other ways he suffered. His deathbed confession reminds me of Lazarus in the gospel reading this morning. It's surprising that the rich man isn't named, but Lazarus is. Usually money and power gain one recognition. But in this story, the poor man Lazarus is recognized. This very fact brings up the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why would Lazarus suffer so terribly and the rich man live so extravagantly? The answer might surprise you. The thing is, if you believe <clears throat> that God's grace saves us and not our actions, then you also have to concede that at least in the present moment, there is not justice. God doesn't seem to be rewarding or punishing anyone. God's grace doesn't discriminate based on the quality of person you are. What this means is that if you want justice and fairness in this life, you've got to make it happen. That's what faith is. It's believing that you have to take responsibility for what is just and true. What Dietrich Bonhoeffer called costly grace. <clears throat> we can't sit back and wait for God to do the fixing for us. It'll never happen. 
But what about that part of the story that happens after Lazarus and the rich man die? Well, several things are noteworthy. First, Lazarus doesn't even seem to know or believe in Jesus. He's rewarded with everlasting comfort and peace only because he's already suffered and he was a good man. He endured his suffering and he didn't take it out on others. He didn't terrorize others. He didn't torment others. He was even nice to dogs and the dogs were nice to him. So that helps too. The rich man has to endure pain and anguish because he already experienced comfort in his earthly life. He even tries to command Abraham what to do. Abraham, go tell Lazarus to cool off my tongue. Apparently, he's used to bossing people around, and he tries to do so even from Hades, but it doesn't work. He pleads with Abraham to send Lazarus back from the dead to warn his family to repent. And again, Abraham's answer is no. Abraham's answer is interesting because really it's Jesus' answer. Jesus is the one telling this parable, remember. And Jesus says that everything you need to know to have eternal life is available through Moses and the prophets. Furthermore, someone rising from the dead won't make a difference whether someone has faith. Isn't that ironic that Jesus, the one who we confess resurrected from the dead, is on record saying sending someone, rising someone from the dead, won't help an unfaithful person to repent? Wow, that's crazy, especially when you think that it's been an evangelism strategy for centuries to try to convince someone to be a Christian by trying to convince them that Jesus rose from the dead. And here Jesus is saying, eh, not really good strategy. That's really sobering. If we take Jesus' words at face value, we got to ask ourselves, well, what's the moral of this story? If witnessing a resurrection can't save a person, what can The answer comes to us not just from our gospel, but from our other readings as well this morning. Thank you, Debbie. The answer is money, or rather, a lack thereof. Jesus warns us in the strongest way possible that a love for money puts our very salvation at risk. The love of money is so seductive that it can corrupt the heart of anyone, no matter what religion they subscribe to. Greed is the root of all evil. Just think, how many times in history has a concern for money and income hobbled an otherwise good person from doing the right thing? It makes one wonder if, there is, if that isn't the point. It makes you wonder if the invention of money itself exists to quiet and control the people. How many people walked through the rich man's gate to attend one of his swanky parties and ignored Lazarus sitting right there? And why was Lazarus parked right at the rich man's gate? Why did the rich man know Lazarus' name? 
And how did Lazarus get his wounds? Day in and day out, we work for money to be able to survive. Yet some of the most important jobs to the survival of our species are the most underpaid. The very people who hold life and death in their hands are often given a pittance. Why? So what's the good news today? The good news is that there's no price tag on heaven. While you may not be able to control whether you suffer in this life or not, you can choose how you respond. You can choose for this life to be a good life. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you aren't worth it. Because if it comes down to worth, nobody is. But God's grace makes it possible for everyone to live a good life. Amen. We sing our hymn of the day, Abide.